Welcome to the Bringing Intimacy Back Show, where intimacy is real. If you desire to intimately connect with yourself, your significant other, children, family, friends, community, and your higher power, this show is for you. Thus, we explore intimate topics, inspiring life stories, spirituality, and insightful tips on strengthening relationships. This show is hosted by Dr. April and her co-host, Dr. Kelly. Now let's get this episode of the Bringing Intimacy Back Show started because we share with you the secret power to intimacy to create a life you love or love the life you create. Now here's your host, Dr. April and co-host, Dr. Kelly. Welcome to the Bringing Intimacy Back Show where intimacy is real. How are you doing, Dr. Kelly? I'm doing well. I'm a little apprehensive. I have a party tomorrow at my house. It's my first party. Oh and my friends from high school are coming and I'm not much taller. Okay, yes. But I'm I think they're nervous. they're gonna be fine with they're gonna be fine with you, you know? Oh yeah. I'll just, you know what? Throw a log on the fire and throw them in the hot tub. How could they possibly not enjoy that party? Yes, definitely. You know, earlier the fire for the hot tub, that is. Yes. Yeah. Earlier this week I was um extremely nervous. And so um guess what I did? I took a walk. In my neighborhood. Yes. And then I found I'm one who really likes to be outside. And then I found this quiet little bench. I've been in this neighborhood for, I think, maybe eight years, but I'd never seen this bench before. And you know what I did? I sat down and I talked with my higher power. Wow. Yes. Yes. Can you imagine um, if that was just, well, how, I mean, how many times you walked by that bench and never noticed it before? No, no. And so I am really excited about today's topic because um, as many of us are going through, and especially myself, we're going through transitions. Yes. Many times we do not know how to talk. And this t- today's topic is sitting with God. Oh, it couldn't be more timely for me. And it sounds like it is for you. You've already done it once this week. Here's your second time. <laughs> You're going higher, Dr. April. Yes, I need to do it much more than that. Yes. But let me um, introduce you to our expert on sitting with God, um, Richard Lewis. Hi, Richard. Hi. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yes, yes. So Richard is an expert, an author, a speaker, and a coach who focuses on centering prayer as that inner transformation. And for us at the Bringing Intimacy Back, we talk a lot about intimacy, that interconnection, that center. Um, And he teaches centering prayer in both local and virtual communities, one-on-one, online. He has a newest book, which is called Sitting with God, A Journey to Your True Self Through Centering Prayer. He publishes weekly meditations, book reviews, and a lot of different things. And he says he's been doing this centering prayer since June 1st of 2014, which is almost seven years ago. I have to <laughs> look and count. <laughs> yes. So welcome to the show. And my first question to you is, um, why is June 1st, 2014 so important? You know, I, I don't know what was so magical about that date. I had um, stumbled across, maybe that's not the right word, but it found me, the practice itself found me in late 2013 in a book um, that, that I was perusing, just looking for a book on Amazon. And the, uh, I started reading a book called um, Healing the Divide, Recovering Christianity's Mystic Roots by Amos Smith. And in his book, he talked about a practice called Centering Prayer, which is a silent prayer 
wordless prayer practice he had been doing for about 15 years or so up until that point. And it immediately intrigued me because I'd always been attracted to silence. I just didn't really know what to do in the silence. So there was a practice I could do in the silence. So I began trying it out. And then I decided what, what was so significant about June 1, and I don't know why, other than maybe I was just ready, is June 1st, I decided I was going to, I'll call it, jump in the Center and Prayer swimming pool and practice it twice a day, um, 20 minutes each time as much as possible um, to get you know the, the, the benefits of, of the practice. So I, I guess June 1st, I was probably just ready. I had been practicing silence, but not maybe not daily and maybe not twice a day and, and maybe not as long as 20 minutes. And something clicked inside me that said that let's just do this and that let's commit to it. And it just so happened to be June 1, 2014 when I made that decision. Awesome. Yes. And so what is silent prayer? And I know you even have a website called silentteaches.com, but what is silent prayer? Sure. So centering prayer, um, which is a form of silent prayer, which is wordless prayer, I'll give a brief history. It's been around since the early 1970s. It it was created actually by three Trappist monks. So three Catholic priests saw um, other forms of meditation happening, and they wanted something for the Christian community. So they kind of challenged themselves to create a practice. And and one of the priests, Father William Manager, was reading an old, I think it's a 14th century book, I might be getting the year wrong, called The Cloud of Unknowing. And in it, he found kind of the method of of centering prayer. Um, So centering prayer itself, and I'll say, and I'll also tell you how you do it, because people are wondering, all right, well, how do you do it? So it's been around since the early 1970s. And it was created as kind of a reaction to that is that's create something for the Christian community. So how you do it is you sit comfortably with your eyes closed To begin your time, you introduce a a word interiorly of one or two syllables. So it could be God, it could be ocean, it could be love, it could be Jesus. And that signifies your opening to the presence and actions of God within. And then you begin your, your silent sit. And then whenever you begin engaging your thoughts, and what I mean by that is whenever you think about what you're doing before your sit, or you begin thinking about what you're going to do after your sit. Maybe you're going to go to the mall. Maybe you're going to watch a movie. You begin to realize you're no longer sitting with God. You're you're sitting with your thoughts and your planning and your plotting. You reintroduce that word to come back to the present moment and the purpose of your time of sitting with God and opening to the presence and actions of God within. And you do that as long as you're doing your silent sit. So if you've chosen 10 minutes, you'll do that. And you'll use your sacred word when needed. And it's not used as a mantra. So there there are mantra-based practices. Centering prayer is not a mantra where you're repeating it. You're only using it when needed. So sometimes you naturally bring yourself back. Other times you realize you're you're doing a lot of planning and plotting and strategizing. And you reintroduce the word to come back to the present moment. So that's a little bit about the history of how long it's been around, how it was created, and, and how you do it. Sounds, it sounds like it's so personal. And so, so many of us are just, it's hard to slow down. You know, yeah, I think of that scripture that says, be still and know that I am God, and how hard it is for me to be still. I know that he's God, but for me, that being still prayer is difficult. What would you say to people that have a um, hard time slowing down enough 
to be silent and have these centering prayers. Sure. Uh, yes. I mean, it can be difficult for people just to slow down because you think you need to be doing something. Um, so for, for those that are, it's, it's new, the idea is new. I, I would encourage them to take baby steps so they don't have to start with 20 minutes, as I said. And I didn't start with 20 minutes. So I, I would even start with one, one minute to five minutes of, of sitting in silence and seeing how it goes and then slowly increasing the time. And then after you're comfortable with it and you, and you maybe have established a one-month sitting habit, I'll call it, then add a second sit at some point later in the day, or depending upon when you sit. I sit first thing in the morning before I do anything, and then I begin my day. And then my second sit is usually before lunch because it really – I need to – the interior reservoir has run dry, and I, and I need to reset and reconnect myself to life, reconnect myself to God. I do a second sit and then it, I find that my the second half of the day um, continues well and, and as strong as perhaps the first time. So, so that's what I would encourage people: is take baby steps, start small, um, do it once, maybe do it first thing in the morning, and just do it for a few minutes and work your way up. Yeah, I was just thinking as I was hearing that um, many people are so used to um, when they pray. They talk to God. They just say a lot of words and praise and, and ask him for things. But you, when you're sitting there, what happens to you when you're not actually, you know, praising him or talking to him? What actually happens? Sure. So um, what I think it was a reverse prayer because you're, you're connecting with God at a deeper level beyond thoughts and, and emotions. You're, I think it was a reverse prayer. God is praying in you what you need. And that might be inner peace and calm. It might be wisdom for tasks. It might be nudges to get out of your comfort zone. So it's, you can equate it to a lot of times when you're just taking a walk with a friend, nobody's talking, you're just with each other. Or if you're sitting on the porch with a, a friend or a spouse or a significant other, you don't always have to have words. You're, you're just together and you like being that with, with that person. So it, it's similar to that where you're sitting with someone, no words required, but at the same time, with sitting with God, God's acting at us at a deeper level uh, inter internally. So that's why we, we use our sacred when, – when we engage our thoughts, we let go of, of thoughts and things we tell ourselves um, that aren't true. A lot of times we might tell, feed fear into ourselves or, or worry or anxiety. We let go of all of that and open up to God and, and the things God wants from us. Um, which I don't think are fear and anxiety. God wants us to enjoy life and go and do things and, and get out of our comfort zones and try and do new things. So that, that's really what happens in Centering Prayers. You're letting go of who you are not, the things you tell yourself that aren't true, and open up, open up to God who wants you to have a, a beautiful, wonderful life um, and, and live from your, what I call your true self, the person God wants you to be. You, you connect to that person during center and prayer, you know, the person God wants you to be and the, and the life God wants you to enjoy. So Rich, um, what is your view of God? Sure. Um, because the reason I ask that is for people that are listening, um, mm -hmm. God is very, very intimidating. So, uh, Tell, tell us your view of God, and then I want to hear yours also, Dr. April. 
Sure. And, and I know and I know people's idea of God is, is all over the place. So, I, so many, many years ago, the idea of God for me, and this is probably going back 30 or 40 years, was God was outside of me, looking down at me, pro, uh, criticizing me, judging me, maybe saying you're not hitting the mark, or you need to do better. So, and as a result of centering prayer and sitting with God, God has changed for me. So God is no longer up in the sky, looking down at me, angry at me. God, um, God is a lot of things. First of all, God is within me. I'm not God and I don't claim to be God, but God is within me and I'm connecting to God during my silent sit. But God is also, you know, behind me, pushing me forward in life, holding my hand, walking with me. And God is ahead of me, kind of pulling me forward and nudging me to get out of my comfort zone. But God, for, so for me, God is just this beautiful presence, loving presence that, that loves me and, and wants nothing but the, you know, it's not a prosperity God. And that's not what I mean, but just a God who truly loves me, but is also within me as, as well and, and is not angry at me and just loves me. Oh, that's a beautiful view of God. It's yeah, intimate. But that, that's intimate. But that's not everybody's. And I, and I get it. Some people, so um, some people that I've talked to that want to practice centering prayer, it is scary because they think they're sitting with a God who's angry at them. Um, and, and they have to, it can take a lot of time to get over that type of um, reaction and over that type of God that they've been living with. <laughs> oh, yes. About you, Dr. April, what's your view of God? It's like she's frozen up. Um, my view of God, uh, originally, they say that your, your view of God is often your view of your earthly father. So my I had a hard time in my prayers and in my silent prayers and sitting with God asking for things. My prayers of supplication were very, very difficult for me. And... Uh, so then as I grew in my relationship with him and that really involved conversation, listening to him, that's the quiet part, right? And then, um, communicating back with him. So, uh, to me, it is a very personal experience. Um, how would you encourage people to take that first step? Um, so just in terms of God, um, no, in towards of centering prayer. So we we could just capsulize for those that are listening. Mm -hmm. that, well, this is a centering. These are centering prayers. It's an mm -hmm. relationship. It can go from one minute to twenty minutes. It's a daily practice, right? Um, but they're still a little intimidated, but they're going to try. So, what would you? How would you tell? Encourage them to start. Um, I mean, all, all of that, quite frankly, so it starts, you know, make it the first thing you do is you begin your day, make it one, one minute or two minutes. If, if you find that's just going to be extremely difficult, um, and just come as you are and, and show up and do your sit, don't judge your sit. If you can't fail at centering prayer, if you show up, you've done it right. Um, and if you've had a lot of thoughts, that's okay. That's why you have your sacred word to return to and bring yourself back to the present moment. So it's, it's really just a prayer that you really can't fail at. If you don't show up, that's the only way you fail, but that doesn't mean you're a failure. It just means forgive yourself and show up for your next time. Show up next morning. Um, don't beat yourself up. Just show up the next morning. 
So, so that's what I would tell people. Just be kind and gentle with yourself um, because God, God is patient and will wait for you to show up next time. If you don't come the first time, God's not going to get angry. He'll spirit, whatever you want to call God, higher power, spirit, he or she will patiently wait for you to show up for, for your next sit. And it's delighted when, when you show up. I think of it like uh, the way you just described that is like if I go to visit somebody, go to visit somebody, I'm like, you know, I don't have a lot of time. I'm just home for a little bit during my vacation, but they'd be happy with just a cup of coffee. It doesn't need to be a full hour. And so by showing up, then I can have that opportunity to have that intimate conversation with them. So instead of saying like to some people that uh, one of my mentors is Ron Hutchcraft. He's uh, written a lot of books. He does um, on Woody Radio, A Word With You, five minutes, A Word With You. And he's, he says that if you, the main thing is just approaching God. And when we work with Native Americans, they're in different other cultures. They're like praying as for priests. I, how do I approach this God? And Ron Hutchcraft always says conversation. Instead of using the word prayer, which can be so intimidating, depending upon your past history, um, I was going to add church in there. Uh, the history with the church and how we approach God, um, it can be very fearful. So let's have a conversation with God, right? It sounds to me that these silent prayers, it's him speaking to you and you speaking to him. It is a, it's a two-way conversation, Rich. Well, it's really not a, it's more of a sitting, as my book says, sitting with God. Um, so it's not, it's just a different way to pray. So there's verbal prayer where you're talking to God. No, it's this all is, internal, correct? This is all, yeah, this is all internal. So you're sitting with God and you're just letting go of your thoughts and emotions and just opening to God and just sitting with God and letting God act in us at, at a deeper level. And you notice that, what you notice that outside of your prayer time. So you're not going to notice how this type of silent meditation and, and, and two things I'll say is it's, it's, it is meditation, but it's also a relationship with God. So it's really considered two things, meditation and really a way of just deepening your relationship with God. So it is prayer, but it's silent prayer with, with it beyond words and, and, and thoughts and emotions and letting God act in you at a deeper level and then noticing how it has changed you outside of your prayer time, you know, over the long haul. And the other thing I'll say, though, is don't give up your other forms of prayer. And I pray verbally. I do other types of prayer. This is just another way to pray that can complement and enrich your prayer life and, and maybe even deepen it. Uh, I get this visual of, you know, how when somebody whispers, listen. So it's a different type of a communication. Like you're actually being still and you might be able to hear God's voice much louder. Because, you know, and or you're leaning in to listen to him, right? When we come back from break, we'll uh, talk a little bit about uh, a little bit more about this and the posturing of that prayer and what it looks like. I have I have a few questions on that, and we'll also take some questions from the audience. Are you wanting a vacation in paradise? A vacation to rekindle the passion. A vacation without the kids. A vacation where you can learn how to communicate where you and your partner actually hear each other and gain insight. If so, Vacation Counseling is your next vacation. Dr. April Brown has created Vacation Counseling in Southwest Florida as a perfect option for you and your partner. 
Our retreats are one couple at a time. We have a variety of packages available to choose from, including virtual couples retreats. If you and your partner are interested in the vacation counseling, please visit us at vacationcounseling.com for more information on pricing and packages. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. To keep track of the latest news, stories, activities, or coupons on vacation counseling and Dr. April's other services, we encourage you to sign up to receive a monthly newsletter called Intimate Connections at draprilbrown.com. Remember, if you and your partner are struggling with communication and intimacy, and you all are looking for a retreat to connect, Vacation Counseling can be your next vacation in Southwest Florida. Welcome back to the Bringing Intimacy Back show, where intimacy is real, and we're with Rich Lewis, the author of many books, but especially talking today about silent prayers and centering prayers. Welcome back, Dr. April Brown. Yes, my lights and everything went out, so sorry about that. I don't know. Southwest Florida, sunny Southwest (laughs) Florida. Um, We've just been digging a little bit deeper into the prayer, and that it really is a different style of prayer, but it is with your higher power and God, and then how we have many different impressions of who God is, and sometimes that can be based on our personal relationship with our biological father, who if they have been punitive, then you're expecting that you have done something wrong, and you shall be punished, and then, uh, but just know this, it may be your view of God, but that's truly not who God is, so we've, uh, we're digging a little bit deeper here about this. So, Rich, what's uh, something that we haven't really talked about yet that you think is very significant to this approach to prayer? Um, I, I guess I would say it's, I guess it requires discipline. It's not easy. And look for the fruits of the practice really outside of, of, of the prayer time. So, so maybe I can just share, like for me, um, now that I've been doing it since June of 2014, and if I look at what, who, who, was, who was I prior to that and who am I now, and how has God transformed me through, through the whole process, you know, I clearly see that I'm, I'm a much more confident person in myself. I'm more excited to live life. I'm more willing to get out of my comfort zone and try and do new things. I'm a calmer and less reactive person. I'm still a work in progress, but I I can stop myself and listen instead of reacting as quickly as I did in the past and and more willing just to hear people and hear what they have to say and not react and and realize that what they have to say is is important. So the letting go you do in centering prayer comes with you into your everyday life is the neat thing about this type of prayer is you learn to let go of things that you um, don't need to do or that aren't important to you or anxiety and fear and hone in and focus on the things you need to need to do. Because I think earlier I mentioned, you know, I do a second sit and I've had many people will say, I don't have time. I I can't do this. I'm too busy. And And I'll tell them, you know, just try it. And trust me, it has a way of giving you back time. And I notice it, you know, every time I do a second sit and then look back at the end of the day, how my day went, it was productive because I took the time for a second sit. So just, just like you let go during centering prayer, 
the second half of the day, I let go of the things I don't need to do and I can hone in and focus on what I need to do. And I end up being pretty productive. And I think it's because I took the time for a silent sit. So it has a way of giving you back time. So those are some things that you notice over the over time is, is the fruits of the practice and how what God graces you with. And it tends to be unique for each practitioner. And then just how it has a way of giving you back time um, outside of your centering prayer and how it helps you let go outside of your practice as well. Yeah, I was just thinking how you just said um, it also gives you energy and direction. Because when you slow it down. Um, then you get to refresh. And when you're centering and you're hearing him and he, and you hear him more throughout the day, that gives you that sense of direction, which of course would lower anxiety. And of course, you know, lower depression. Right. I mean, it's, it's kind of a byproduct of the practice. So if you uh, show Thomas Keating was really one of the founders of Centering Prayer, and he said something similar to, you know, if you do it, it will do you. And, 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 and that's really God. But it, but over time, if this type of prayer or any type of contemplative practice like this over time uh, heals you and, and, and transforms you, it, it just does. And if you do it, it will do you. You just have to you know, just show up to your practices. And even if you don't want to show up, that's just a thought or emotion and, and let go of it and, and show up anyhow. <laughs> I tell my students and I'm a, I'm a professor and I'm like, you can only fail if you don't show up. Right. Right. I mean, and that's really, it's not a thousand percent truth, but there's a lot of truth to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think through this, you get a lot of fruits from it. I know for myself, um, direction, clarity, yeah. What if fruits have you received from doing this? Practice? Sure. I, I mean, a ton of confidence in myself. Just just a, a couple of years ago, I would have been scared to death to be sitting on a call with you folks. So like after my book came out, I, I've been on at least 50. If I've added a 50, 50 plus podcasts, I would have been terrified to do that. Um, I do guest speaking in front of small and large groups. I would have been scared to do that. So just confidence to do things like that. The idea of writing a book. I mean, I never had written anything in in school, probably more than six pages or so. (laughs) When when, uh, Amos Smith, who I've become friends with, he was the gentleman that wrote that book that I mentioned earlier that where I discovered Centering Prayer. He and I are friends and we've been friends since about 2013. He was the one that challenged me to write this book and then kind of helped me through the, the the book process. So, um, so the fruits are really just confidence, excitement for life, getting out of my comfort zone and sharing with the world, you know, my gifts and, and how I can help people and at least introduce them to this type of prayer and see if it's something that can help them. It's not, there's plenty of contemplative practices. So if this practice doesn't work for them, there are other practices and, and I'll, and I share them with other people, but for me, it's, it's resonates with me and works really has worked really well with me. So I'm going to continue digging deep in the center and prayer. Well, I'll, I'll call it. <laughs> so there needs to be order and consistency. Right. Right. For, for, I think for any type of practice like that, if you, if you, it, it, you want to try to do it daily once or twice a day and just keep at it. But, but again, forgive yourself if you don't show up and you miss a day, just forgive yourself, move on and, sh- and show up the next day. Think of this like a relationship. It's a relationship, right? Intimacy with our savior, with ourselves, with other people. It includes consistency, communication, 
sender receiver, sitting and listening sometimes to people without interrupting, right? Exactly. It, it's, it's, it's really all of that. I mean, it, it teaches us how to do that. So if we can sit in silence with ourselves and with, with God or, or our higher power or spirit or whatever you want to call it, it teaches us how to do that with other people and how to sit with other people and be with other people and, and listen and, and accept everybody's diversity and, and different ways of doing things and, and different opinions. So it teaches us how to do that. I think it's probably scary to people because we don't understand ourselves and being still is difficult. It's a lot easier to divert attention to other people than to deal with some of the stuff that we don't understand within ourselves. And certainly when you add the G-O-D to it, that can scare people. But slowing down, I, I have to tell you, I'm going to look into this a little bit more because um, I've been going moving way too fast in life, just way too fast. I used to have uh, morning quiet time every day for 20 minutes. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I would say, I guess if you if you can just be then you're better at your doing. I mean, you'll, you'll tend to notice that you're, if you can just learn to be once a day for 10 minutes or 20 minutes, then you're better at your doing. Mm -hmm. And kind of like what Dr. Kelly was saying, um, there's a lot of people that have a hard time sitting, but part of it is because their thoughts keep going so fast. And a lot of the thoughts that keep going fast um, are judgmental to themselves. And I know you said earlier about forgiveness of self. So what, I mean, for both of you, what do you suggest to people who try to sit? And then there's these thoughts that come in that said, you know, remember what you did last night. Remember this, remember that, you know, watch out for this. What do you say to them on how to quiet those thoughts or how to just let those thoughts, I don't know. I tell them, let it flow like the clouds. Yeah. I mean, and that's why you have the sacred word. So when that happens, you, you let go of them and come back to your sacred word to bring you back to the present moments. And then you let go of your sacred word. So if you have to continuously return to your sacred word, what seems like a million times, you keep doing it. So sometimes you'll notice you have to use your sacred word a ton of times. Other times you notice you don't have to use it that often and you naturally bring yourself back. And then there might even be those times where you didn't fall asleep, but you're not sure where you went. You kind of entered the spaces between your, th between your thoughts. So that, that can happen. At least I've noticed that in my prayer time. Sometimes I have racing thoughts and I have to continuously use the sacred word. Sometimes I can naturally bring myself back when I catch myself engaging thoughts and, and planning. And then there's other times where I, I was completely in between my thoughts and I didn't fall asleep and you might fall asleep during silence sit and that's okay if you do it you might have needed the nap um, but so that's that's what you do that's the purpose of the sacred word is just when you have read these racing thoughts that's when you reintroduce your sacred word and it also doesn't have to be like I actually use an image you can use you can, you can use a word if you're more of an auditory person. You can use an image if you're more of a visual person. Mm. You can use okay. your breath. Some people use their breath because they're more okay. physical people. And some people are afraid they'll fall asleep. So they, they keep their eyes open and stare at a spot uh, five or six feet perhaps on the, on the floor. So you can use you know, multiple sacred methods. 
And the last thing I'll say is I've spoken to some people that have attention deficit disorder. So they said, this is just impossible for me. Then I'll tell them, you can do this walking. You can take a walk and do center and prayer. Obviously, you'll keep your eyes open and pay attention to where you're walking. But you can walk and do center and prayer because as you're thinking and engaging your thoughts, you can still use your sacred word or a sacred picture in, in your mind. And you can walk and do center and prayer if, if you need to because you just can't you know, sit um, still. Okay. I'm glad you mentioned those other things because I was curious why when you said it originally, it was one or two syllabus words. And so I was curious on why just one or two syllabus. I, just to keep it simple, because if it's too long okay. of a word, then you're focusing on that. And the other thing I'll say is you, you want to keep it the same method during your sit. So you don't want to change your word so where it might be blue and then the next word is red then you're going to spend more time in your mind thinking oh what should my next sacred method be and then you're really not sitting with god you're sitting with your sacred thoughts and methods and so you use the same um, method during your sit and it's easier if it's one or two syllables it just makes it just makes it easier for me, it wouldn't be pizza because then I'd be thinking about food. <laughs> right. Then you definitely, then that's another good point you're making is you want it to be, it's not a word where you think, oh, and you think about pizza the whole time, right. then you better, then you need to change your word. <laughs> uh, it, it's just good. I know it's not similar, but it reminds me of uh, like Lamaze, you know, how they have to, they bring in something that they're supposed to focus on. <laughs> it could be just like a banana or who's to know what it is, but uh and how many people would actually calm them down by focusing on that. So pick that wisely and choose this word wisely. But the main right. thing is that it seems like everything that you've explained so far, Rich, is that this is a personal, personal um, event that you can go to daily that'll help center yourself. And in it doesn't have to do with confessing, like our typical like confessing of sins or sometimes in prayer. This seems to me that it is it's almost very intimate. Mm-hmm. It is. I mean, it, it truly is. You're just sitting with God who, you, who and you're coming as you are and God's accepting you as you are, or at least that's where I'm at. And I know that that's not where everybody is at. So for me, I've, I'm now at the point where I'm just sitting with a presence that I, that I know loves me, but and I'm also thinking of as I sit with God and then I get up and walk with God and God comes with me as I continue the day. So it's not goodbye, God, I'll see you at my next sit. It's, it's God's coming with me and this presence, powerful, loving presence is coming with me as well. And the same posture, letting go posture comes with me outside of my silent sit. Yes. And like she says, it is very intimate. Um, however, there are other do people do this with groups or no? It's very individually. No, you can actually. I'm glad you're asking that question. So obviously, most people practice it um, on their own, but there are so the the um, general the, the group. You know, Center of Prayer was created in the early 1970s, and then about 10 years later, the Contemplative Outreach Organization was created. So they have a website called ContemplativeOutreach.org, um, and Thomas Keating was really one of the main founders. Um, but then what they began doing is different groups began being created all throughout the different states in the U.S. as well as internationally. So different groups will practice pre-COVID. They were practicing either in churches or in different buildings. Um, so maybe once a week, the group would 
they would meet and whoever would get together would, would practice together. Now they're doing them via Zoom. So no, you can practice this alone, but you can also do it in community um, in, in a room with others. And you can also do it on Zoom with you know, 75 to 100 people in a Zoom meeting doing Centering Prayer, which is pretty neat, actually. Renew your connection and your love in beautiful Costa Rica. February 27th through March 3rd, 2022. We'll make sure it happens. Vacation Counseling Intimate Couples Retreat. Your next vacation. Enroll now at vacationcounseling.com. Hey, welcome back to the Bring It Intimacy Show, where intimacy is real. And we've been talking with Rich Lewis about sitting and just listening with God. Um, we've, we do, uh, Richard, we do have a question from an audience. Um, her name is Mary and she's calling, or she texts in from Texas. And she said, due to this you know, season that we're in, she's experiencing a lot of grief. And she's wondering, would this practice help her get through the grief process? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I would say it, it definitely can. Um, um, because what you'll do is you'll come as you are to this silent sit, include, including your grief. And then you'll let go of it and open to God. And I don't know where the, the caller is at, but centering prayer uh, really becomes uh, Thomas Keating, one of the main uh, centering prayer uh, founders, considered it divine therapy. Because what can happen during centering prayer is as you keep showing up to your sits, you know, your bodies hold a ton of tension and your minds hold a lot of thoughts. And many of the thoughts are also repressed. So it becomes a safe place where these, you unload all the tension in your body and, and repress thoughts come out. Um, so it, it, it's a safe place for that to happen. And, and that over the long haul, that's really kind of true freedom. If you think about it, to, we don't need to hold on to all this tension in our bodies and we don't need to hold on to grief and, and thoughts and repressed emotions. So over time, it, it, he called it divine therapy. We're healed, you know, mind, body, and heart over the long haul from this type of practice. So I, I would definitely say, yes, this type of practice can help um, with grief and, and she could be holding grief anywhere within her body, mind, or heart. And so this type of practice can, can heal. It can be very healing. Okay. I'm curious, um, after you go through that experience, whether it's a minute, five minutes, or 20 minutes, um, what are your thoughts about capturing or journaling after going through something like this so you can remember what happened? Sure. I, I would do it, you know, obviously after. So during centering prayer, you're letting go. And that's really what you're doing during the practice is just letting go of thoughts and emotions, but allowing, you're obviously allowing it to happen. So some people might experience um, what, what we call unloading where suddenly some traumatic experiences are, are coming up and, and coming out of them. So, and, and you're kind of sitting with it and then letting go of it. Um, but yes, outside of your practice, journaling is, is, not a, is not a bad practice to do 
after your sit or, or at any other point in time other than your sit where you're just journaling your thoughts and what what maybe came up in centering prayer and how you feel about it. So no, I, I think journaling, and that's something I think I, I wish I, I need to, to do more of because journaling can be very, very powerful. Yeah, I noticed myself that when, um, and I feel like I've had times where I've sat with God, um, and, but when I journal it, I can remember it. You know what I'm saying? And so years later or a month later, when you look back, you sometimes mm-hmm. can gain some more perspective for sure. what you went through. Yeah. And, and actually, I'll make one point on that. I, I, I guess I kind of do mini journaling. I'm, I'm a big believer in affirmations. So these are single sentence statements of things I want to do either mentally in my mental health or physical health or work or family uh, related um, or even with the work I do with my website. So they're single sentence statements of things that I want to do. And I, I read them before my centering sit and I give them to God and then I let mm-hmm. them go. And then I go into my silent sit. So I, I consider it, I'm partnering with God on these affirmations and I consider them my true self affirmations if what God and I together want to do. And they remain an affirmation, you know, if I still have an excitement about them, um, if, if I have inner peace and calm about them, they're allowed to be out of my comfort zone, and then they should be in some of them. And then lastly, as long as they don't harm me or harm others, they stay. So I, I guess I do kind of a mini version of journaling where I'm reading this, to, reading these to God and then going into my sit and letting them brew with God and I together. And often I read them kind of before I go to bed and let them brew at night while, while I sleep as well. And so do you do your affirmations verbally out or do you um, say them in your mind? Both actually. Meditation? Okay. Sometimes both. Sometimes I just read them. Other times I, I talk them aloud. And many times if I'm, if I'm driving like, and I'm alone, I'll, I'll just say them out loud. Just, just to say them. So I, I say them in my car. I said them this morning. I was going to the dentist um, for a routine teeth cleaning twenty minutes away. So I, I, I kind of have them memorized. So I was speaking them out loud and, and, and working my way through them as, as I rode to the uh, dentist. If anyone was watching me, they probably either thought I was singing or thought I was crazy. So, <laughs> uh, Rich, I have a question from the audience. Uh, it's uh, Danielle, and she's a mother in Michigan, and she wanted to know if this is something that you can do with your family. Sure. That's a, that's a good question. Um, yes, actually um, you can do it together all together. And, and the neat thing is when I first started doing this, my second sit used to be in the evening after dinner. So my kids, two of my kids, and, and I guess the one was four, my son was four and my daughter was 12 at the time. They wanted to know what I was doing. I, I seemed to be going in the basement for about 30 minutes every night. So I invited them down and they watched. And then of course they both wanted their own one-on-one time. So I actually, I used to do a one minute sit with my four-year-old. And then I used to do about a five minute sit with, with my daughter who was 12 at the time. So yes, the answer to that question is you can do it with uh, you know, your significant other, but you can also do it with children and you can kind of scale it for them. For, for my four-year-old, one minute made sense. And he enjoyed that. For my daughter, five minutes made sense. Um, and actually what I used to do with her, she just didn't know. And it's probably amazing that a, a 12-year-old girl could be quiet for that long. <laughs> she, she would um, 
she and she centered with her eyes open because she was afraid she'd fall asleep. But I used to just say, how long do you want to go? And she'd say five minutes. And then I would just actually add like two minutes to the timer. And she never knew. So she never knew she was doing a couple minutes more than what she said. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. What a beautiful uh, visual of a father with their child. And that's like how I view prayer. It's me Great. with my father. And my son and I made it fun. Like I, we lit a candle together um, and then we read, I used a, a contemplative outreach as an app for the timer. And, and, and we just read a sentence together. It says, I open my heart to your love. And then we would do the one minute sit and we actually were lying down on a couch and he had his head on my chest, which I loved. And then the bell would go off signifying one minute ended. Then we get up, just blow the candle out together. And that's, that's what we did. And then for my daughter, we would um, do this sit and then just spend some time talking, just uh, catching up on life in, in general. So yes, it's, it's kind of a neat, neat way of, of spending time with your kids as well. And you can kind of make it, give it the, activities that it need that each kid needs as part of that practice you know either before or after the sit i'm just fascinated by that and let's just uh let's do an antithetical approach here for a moment rich how do you feel that if you this were not in your life it where would you be today if you haven't taken the last seven years to be this exact and contemplative and persistent about this relationship where do you think you'd be um I, I just wouldn't be as confident I'm definitely a lot more confident so I, I know he said that was one of the fruits so I, I would say I, I would have been less much less confident but not only you know with, with some of the things that I'm doing as a result of the, my practice of getting on shows and podcasts, writing the book and coaching and speaking, but also I have a, I have a regular day-to-day -day job. I'm a much more confident person in my job and more, and I, and I interact with corporate accounts. I'm a much more confident person as I speak to them. So I, I would, I think the biggest thing it's given me is, is really excitement to live life the ability to be more present and less reactive, and then just a lot more confidence. So I would be less confident, less excited, and less willing to get out of my comfort zone and, and, and be the, the old scared rich to try and do new things. <laughs> You're a humble man. So I'm glad. I wish I had found it much sooner, but that's okay. I'm glad I, 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 maybe I wasn't ready for it. It came when I was ready and, 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 and I'm, I'm so grateful that I'm, that I'm doing this practice. Yeah. And I was just thinking it also can benefit your children because it keeps them, not keeps them, but it takes them away from um, screen time, you know? <laughs> yes. 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 Learning how to be okay with self and God, which many adults struggle with. So learning it at an early age is a blessing. I agree, completely agree. And, and that reminds me, I, I taught it at a, there was a local, Penn State has a, a local campus near me and about five or six years ago, I, I was able to get on the campus and there was a Christian group of 18 to 22 year olds. So I was able to share centering prayer with them. And what I heard loud and clear from them was that they, they, they need silence, they need space, they need to turn off their phones they, and because Facebook and social media has created just so much chaos and and trauma for them because uh, 
some people are putting terrible things on Facebook. <laughs> some some things, some things are very good, but but they were just realizing that, oh my God, I, I need to slow down and I got to turn my phone off and I got to get off the TV and I need to do this now more than ever. Because when I grew up, we didn't have any of those things, uh, but now people, kids are, are growing up in a digital age and, and everything is at our fingertips and sometimes it's, it's too much. <laughs> Definitely, yes. So if people are listening and they want to connect with you, how can they find you? Sure. The best place is my website, silenceteaches.com. And if they subscribe to my website, they'll get a free ebook. It's a short ebook on centering prayer. That way they can learn a little bit more about it. And then if they want to further explore it, my book is, is on my website. Um, if they want to further explore centering prayer and learn more about it. And, and I share in the book a lot about, you know, how it has healed and transformed me. So I, I share my journey in the book for those that are further interested. All right. Yes. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been amazing. Yes. And we really do appreciate it. No, um, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Hopefully this was uh, helpful for your community. It's a reminder to me as well, not just our community, but I'm definitely going to slow down a little bit and try to incorporate this. I'm going to do a little bit of reading as well. And for those of you that are listening, thank you for being a part of the Bringing Intimacy Back show. Remember to follow us on Facebook, also our Instagram and um, Apple Podcast. I guess we're, uh, last I knew, we're in the top 200 for relationship podcast. We're so glad that we can be a part of your journey. And Dr. April, uh, we have uh, the Suarez next week, right? Yes. Yes. And then we're looking forward to that because that's on a fair recovery. And then we have um, other, many other uh, podcasts coming up to help you all grow in your relationship with yourself, God, your higher power, and others. So thank you for being right. here. Yes, thank you. And this has been the Bringing Intimacy Back show. See you guys next week.